Now broadcasting live on Ustream or direct to your portable device. From Martin Road Studios, BaggedAndBoard.com presents the Bagged and Boardcast. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. Drink my beer. It's good. It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, what? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is crazy. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bang Boardcast, episode number 92. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in usually four main segments. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of this week. This week, though, we're bringing you news from the Comic-Con. I'm going. Okay. I'm taking it. You got it. Then we follow that up with the list, which is the comic books we're most looking forward to. This week, it's August 3rd. Then we're going into our main topic, which is our monthly look back. And we're looking back at Red Wing, Captain America number one, and Daredevil number one. Three number ones, two. Three Three number number ones. And no movie picks this week, just because San Diego is such a big event. We're probably going to talk a little bit longer in that news segment. And honestly, we didn't want to see Cowboys versus Aliens. I didn't want to or see it. A- and Aliens, not versus. Cowboys and Aliens, yes. And Aliens. John Favreau. Making no money on that movie. Yeah. And only $36 million. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Ouch. Opening weekend. Is that uh, part of the Bracket Buster? That is part of our Bracket Buster. Bang the Boardcast Summer Movie Bracket Buster. Summer Blockbuster Bracket Buster. <laughs> Let me try that again. No. I no it's so You can feel free to because I'm reloading something on my phone. But, but okay. anyways, up on our website I have put up the new July just ended. I got all of our July section updated. Of course, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 2 ran away with uh, July... They're waiting for the August movies, our final section of the bracket, to finish up. And we'll see who gets to head to face The Hangover Part 2 for the biggest movie of the summer. And if it's Shocking. Hangover, if it's Hangover Part 2, I think we'll be kind of upset. Um, in July, we had Winnie the Pooh versus it Harry just, Potter. It just fell that way. There was, the one movie had to go up to die. Uh, versus Harry Potter, and they both opened up on the same weekend. So, and they're both, you know, kids, quote-unquote movies. So I figured that would be fair to put those two together. Um, this is not the, fair at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was Transformers uh, Dark of the Moon, or Transformers 3 versus Captain America. And surprisingly, uh, Transformers Part 3, or, yeah, Part 3, does did surprisingly well, and... Um, they moved on to face Harry Potter, and the second week totals, they only varied by $10 million, give or take a million or two. Uh, Harry Potter made, you know, about $226 million, and Dark of the Moon made $217 million, if I'm remembering the numbers correctly, in two weeks. Sounds correct. So uh, Harry Potter just slipped by. Under invisibility cloak. Yeah. Oh. Slipped by those Transformers. Now, Paul, when you were looking this up, were you drinking anything? No. No, I was not. But we are drinking something right now. I know. Good call to bring us back on to format. 
And uh, what we have is from Mercury Brewing. Um, it's their clown shoes line, and this one is called their Clementine. It's a white ale. Um, I first heard about these guys probably in uh, the early spring with their black IPA, which is up there as one of my favorites. Ooh. And they also make an excellent IPA. One of your favorite black IPAs or one of, one your of my favorite, favorite beers? One of my favorite black IPAs. Okay. Um, but it's, I think it's gotten a little better since it's warmed up. You get a little more of that fruit, um, mm-hmm. kind of an orange rind to it. Yeah. And um, Usually I don't like whites, but um, this is actually really good. You do have a lot of that orange rindy. It's almost just like biting into the peel. No, way to be racist. Normally you don't like whites. Oh. Self-hating racist. I actually, when we first opened up, wasn't too thrilled because I'm not a white fan, a white Al fan. And you have that, those those typical things that you get with a white Al. White Power Paul, what do you think? <laughs> oh, I remember that. You remember I'll a never, lie. I'll never let you forget that. You remember a lie, sir. But uh, it's good. I do like the orange dryness to it. I think this is um, a step above Blue Moon. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people love Blue Moon and they think they're being cool and drinking it up, you know, an artisan beer when they're drink, you know, having a Blue Moon. But this, I think, is a good step above it. It's a little bit more full in flavor. Mm-hmm. You definitely you get that coriander too yeah. in it. But still, when I pick it up. No, I, I would never get it again. My whole thing about getting this was uh, I usually don't like whites and I don't like orange beers. Might get it if I'm having Chinese food and I'm having like... Like orange chicken? Orange chicken. Uh, or if I'm having, uh, you know, uh, General Tso's or sesame. Definitely a good Chinese food beer. Yeah. It would uh, go really well. Um, would, yeah. But... I would think it has to be drunk warm, room temperature because mm-hmm. it's. I think everything's really just come out since it's warmed up. It's not spicy like uh, I know Gewurz Aminer uh, wine is usually paired with Chinese food. Uh, but this isn't a spicy kind of beer. But I still think it would pair well with Chinese food. Yeah, I agree. Look at that, getting sophisticated on this shit. Boom, we haven't done that since we made fun of you like the early shows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or the very early shows that aren't even up anymore on the RSS feed. Uh, listeners, you missed out. You They'll come back someday. Only if they rate and review us over on iTunes. Mm. They're held prisoner. Hostage, even. This is my ransom. Listener reviews. To get it done. Is he finally done? He's oh, oh now he's, he's taking he's that sip. Uh, <laughs> and it lingers. <laughs> well, do you want to do you want to knock out the list first before we start talking about all this news that we've got coming up? Yeah, that'd be Just fine. Get this out nice and easy. Hey, pretty simple. Break format. We can, we're breaking we formats left and right. All month. No. Yeah. So month of shakeups. I'm glad we're drinking the beer, so I don't have the shakes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> talking about shakeups. Well, who wants to start us off? Uh, surprisingly, mm. last week I got number two of Criminal mm. from Ed Brubaker and the Sean Phillips. The Last Innocents? The Last of the Innocents. Uh. Uh, and this week we're getting number three. So, kind of crazy. Almost no. in a row. Um, I know that last month, or um, last week, a lot of people had a hard time getting number two. 
Um, not a lot was shipped out, mm-hmm. so I didn't have that problem. But I still haven't read it yet. Uh, but number uh, number three is coming out this week, so pick it up. Get more of that Brubaker crime noir. So does this ship follow the same? I know you didn't read number two, but the criminal series does it always follow the same main character, or no, is it always different? no? Uh, but it does take place all these crimes in the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second kind of volume, the second story, mm-hmm. you have the main character actually go and talk to the first character who's in the first main character who's in jail. Um, but it takes place in the world, each one, and like what they've done now is they're not a continuation like they were. Now they're just individual stories. You know, this is criminal, law, last of the innocents, number one, was one three, character, six, different character, different world, or not not a different character. It's just different numbering. Uh-huh. It's you know, criminal, last of the innocents, number one, versus like it should be criminal right. seventeen, kind of like they do with the Hellboy stuff nowadays. Yeah, like it's Hellboy, blah blah blah, number yeah. one. Kind of taking that format and kind of the same kind of story format as we get from like Grand Theft Auto. All the same kind of character, you know, the trope of the character kind of stays the same, but different character, different city, different crime. Different crime. Cool. Yes. Paul's pointing at me. Do you want me to go now? Yeah, why not? Why can't you just say, hey, Chris, how about you? Because pointing's easier. Yeah. Can't hear someone pointing, though. No, but if you just went, nobody would have known I pointed, and everybody no, would have been like... Well, I called you out on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, now he's putting wand at me. Um, book I'm actually looking forward to is coming to us from uh, DC Comics. It's Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert's Flashpoint number 4. I'm actually really enjoying this uh, mini crossover maximum event. I don't even know what to call it, because this is what's going to be setting us up for the DC relaunch in mm-hmm. September. But it's not like a big crossover event because no books are really tying into this except for the Flashpoint spinoffs, which you don't need to read. And they're not taking part inside the normal monthlies. Yeah, it, those so, are just spinoff books. It'll, it'll say Flashpoint on the cover. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought any of those, and I'm getting along fine with this, which is one of the things I think DC does really well with their event books. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is uh, going to focus a little bit more on the war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman, so I'm Excited to see actually what's happening there, not just kind of the glimpses that we've been getting in the first three issues. Gut check. Wonder Woman or Aquaman? Who, whose side are you on? Um, I feel like I would go with Wonder Woman, even though she'd probably kill me. Because huh. you're a man? Because I'm a man. But, I don't know, Aquaman just looks too militaristic with his, like, yeah, shaved head kind of... like, flat top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's cool. I'm looking forward to it, especially now that they've got Superman on their side. Kind of. Kind of. Is he really? He kind of flew away there like a punk. He'll be back. Sure. He'll <laughs> be back. Uh, you know who's back? Who? Jonathan Hickman. And he's uh, back writing the S.H.I.E.L.D. S-H-I-E-I-L, however you spell that acronym. But his uh, different take on the Marvel Universe before the Marvel Universe came around. Uh, but he's now tying it more in with the second volume. Uh, number two, this is the one that I'm looking forward to coming out. And basically Howard Stark and also, um, what's Richard's father's name? Franklin? Don't honestly know. Oh, man, I'm sure I should know this. You should it's know this. You love Fantastic Four. You love I S.H.I.E.L.D. Know. 
But uh, those two guys are gallivanting uh, throughout time. And they're the ones that are actually setting up the shield that we know and love in the Marvel Universe. And that's kind of like the B-side story to what's happening with Nikola Tesla, Michelangelo, and Da Vinci, and Leonardo. Uh, the war of these like eternal like creative minds that is happening in the this one B forever cities hmm. or eternal cities I forget what they call it a lot of technical jargon thrown around in it mm-hmm. but a really cool concepts like having these great minds be the salvation of the Marley, Marvel Earth throughout history. But, uh, yeah, that's the book I'm looking forward to. Wow. That's cool. It's a lot to look forward to. Not just from next week, but everything that they talked about at San Diego Comic-Con. I know. So much stuff that they talked about. I wrote down a bunch of stuff in every kind of, you know, medium, comics, movies, TV, video games. Uh, I don't know how you guys wanted to do this. Well, let's start. Movies, video games, finish off with comics, and that'll lead us right into our monthly look back, right? Yeah, let's do it that way. Right. So, Chris, you've got your list right in front of you. I have a list right in front of we're me. we're starting with movies? Um, we're starting with movies, and I have to say one of the things that kind of uh, struck me as kind of like maybe one of the best moments was uh, Andrew Garfield showing up at the Spider-Man panel in Spider-Man costume. Not like the movie costume. This is just like a scrub costume that he bought, you know, from like a Halloween shop. Oh. Um, standing in line to ask a question and just saying how great it was for him to be there because he's always wanted to be at Comic-Con. Thanking everyone for making it possible. And like, the crowd's like, oh, yay! And then he pulls off his mask and he's Andrew Garfield. Oh, and then he went on to read just like this heartfelt letter that he had written about Spider-Man. And it was just a great moment. Man, way to take up the mic, Andrew Garfield. I don't think anyone cared. And if they did care, you know what happened? What? Risa Fan probably fucked him up because he was arrested right after. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, because a member of his like entourage wasn't let through because they didn't have proper credentials. Uh-huh. So security pulled them aside. And I guess he had been drinking because he smelled of alcohol, but like he started to push the security guard. Wait, who got? Risa Fan, the guy who's playing the, the lizard. lizard. Oh, really? In Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, man. Was arrested after the panel. That's better than a stabbing in all H, I guess. You know, a, a little bit. But how, how many people can say, like, oh, yeah, I'm a security guard. The lizard attacking. <laughs> <laughs> but also during this panel, um, the fans in attendance got the first actual glimpse of the lizard in the movie. Um, I've been trying to find pictures or video online, and I haven't been able to see anything. Um, but supposedly he looks, like, really cool. Like, different from how you'd expect, he's a lot more, like, bigger. They say he's, like, a gigantic kind of, almost, yeah. like, crocodile type thing. And this was I've heard before... that he looks more killer croc yeah. than lizard. And I guess this is before the complete transformation, too. Well, That's what they said as well. So that was kind of one of those things I was like, man, if I could go to, like, one of those movie panels... It probably would have been the Amazing Spider-Man one. Um, not to like get off the top, but like the the Spider-Man trailer, I, I do like it, and I like the whole you seeing it, him like really? seeing through his eyes, M- the mirror's edge. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see that they actually somebody posted uh, the 
side by side of that trailer with the Mirror's Edge, like Trick no, or first level trailer. Yeah, it's almost one for one, where it's you know sliding under one thing, running, running, and then jumping off, and you know she of course just catches something, and he just you know zooms into the mirrored window. Um, so yeah, I find it funny that the first person got you because that like, oh my goodness, this is Mirror's Edge. You played the game though. Yeah, I played the demo. Years ago. Mm-hmm. See, I've never even played the game or the demo, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, Mirror's Edge. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I guess, yeah, you would have th- you'd think that. I just thought, oh, that's interesting that they're, you know, they're doing that perspective. Because we've already seen mm-hmm. a Spider-Man movie with a director doing it his way, and this is yeah. kind of his way doing it through the eyes. I just thought that maybe, oh, the CG isn't done yet on the costume, so maybe they're not going to show us the costume at all. And this is how they're going to do this thing. And then you, they do the zoom up to the, win, you know, the mirrored window, so. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. They are showing the costume. Because <laughs> well, I think even at that point, uh, they'd shown off the costume in, like, Entertainment Weekly yeah. and stuff, too. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. They had revealed it. And they also revealed, he had, they also showed him sitting in the costume. Mm-hmm. Like, his back to you. Yeah. In the trailer. I think it was just a different way for them to present a trailer because mm-hmm. nobody's ever really done that before. Like, we're kind of inside the bubble. We mm-hmm. are aware of Mirror's Edge and, like, that first-person kind of viewpoint from games. Right. Not just that, but, you know, your Call of mm-hmm. Duty's shooting games, anything like that. So to actually get that in, like, a movie preview, a little different. And I yeah. think that it will probably catch a lot of people off guard when they finally see it. Mm-hmm. My dad saw it. He was like, whoa, that's awesome. This first preview cooler than the original Spider-Man first preview of the web between the two towers, which they never played again. I think so. Like when they catch the, he catches the yeah. helicopter? Yeah, like, he makes a big web between the two towers. You never see Spider-Man in it. It's just the big um, web. I think so. I think... You think it... Which one's better? I think this like Amazing Spider-Man one's better. I think... I just remember a lot more... Like, whoa, because that was like the first big, aside from X-Men, that was like the first big comic book movie. Yeah. I don't know, I don't feel like this movie needs to be done, but after having seen the trailer for it, uh-huh. I'm glad they're doing it, if that can make sense, because it looks really good. It looks very well done. Yeah, I like our Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. He seems like a cooler, nerdier. Yeah. He seems like a cooler, nerdier Peter, which is a weird kind of thing. Like, he seems more comfortable in his nerdiness instead of the very awkward Toby McGuire we got. Yeah. yeah, I do like that they're kind of addressing his parents a little bit, yeah. too. Because that's something that's never even really talked about at all in any of the movies, so it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's more the ultimate of the Marvel movies, you know. It's basically from the Ultimate series. <laughs> and I like that he stayed just slimmed down that skinny mm-hmm. Spider-Man versus, like, how he... Toby Maguire got ripped for it. Yeah. yeah. Toby Maguire always felt a little bit too doughy <laughs> to be Peter Parker. I don't know, just even before like that, it's like he's got that kind of just, like rounded head. Mm-hmm. Andrew yeah. Garfield you can buy because he's kind of spindly. Yeah. yeah. He's got that egg shaped noggin. <laughs> but uh Paul movies and you. Uh movies and me, other than the Superman being delayed which we talked about last week. Um, the other... What other trailer did we get other than the Avengers uh, costume? The Captain America showing off his costume, which I don't 
think is that big of a deal because I we've know. seen all those costumes like But this this is a different version of the costume. This is a more ultimate, ultimate, ultimate version of the costume. Yeah, with the actual molded yeah, which, cap. But we see it in the you know, comic books, like in the advertisements for the comics even. Yeah, but this is this is different though. Like the costume, even like looking at the uh, the body of it and the, the yeah. yeah, we actually get the bright red and white stripes. Yeah. And then it's more like, it's not like armor, but it's more like a Kevlar kind of look yeah, to the best, too. Clean. And I, I like the gloves, and I like the boots, too. I think they actually look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And also they showed off a lot of the concept artwork yeah, for Avengers, kind of, yeah. too. Oh, I didn't see the concept art. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, they have, they're almost like broken up like they would be the movie posters. You have like, oh, the yeah, Fury yeah. and the Shield and Iron Man with mm-hmm. Tony Stark kind of painted behind him. Thor, Cap, and then Hulk. And um, some of the news that came out about that was um, one of the the people behind like doing the computer animation said they're they're this is Bruce Banner who's been the Hulk for a while and he's more he's more leaned up mm-hmm. and he's not as bulky but he's still you know he's still Hulk and he's hulking but he's not that overly like in the first one he looked a little pudgy. You know, this one's going to be more... Oh, you mean the Hulk? The Hulk. Himself. Yeah. Not Bruce Banner. Okay. And then not Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. 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 Ruffalo Ruffalo from Buffalo. And he's not from Buffalo. And they say that you're going to see a lot more of his facial characteristics in the Hulk. Which they kind of say every time they do it. You're going to see him. The actor in the face. I think that's something they say to the actor, so that way they have a reason to actually show up and be in the movie. Because otherwise, like... Yeah, you're barely in it. Yeah. Um, if, if you do look at that concept art, you can kind of see it in the, the eyebrows and a little bit in the nose, because mm-hmm. the way they show it. That's kind of cool. John, any movie? Uh, I, yeah, it's a big... It's a big Marvel movie market out there because um, you got a lot of the first looks of Ghost Rider on his bike, um, how he's going to look, and then someone who might be a villain in it. I don't, I forget who the character was supposed to be, uh, also on a motorcycle. But the the skull and the flames look pretty good, and the bike looks like it's like just burning, like it's just got this black smoke coming out from behind mm-hmm. it. Like it's it, the bike itself is on fire. I actually put Ghost Rider: uh, Spirit of Vengeance on my list too because I've talked about how much I like Nick Cage, even though <laughs> there's nothing really likable about him. Okay. <laughs> I just I really dig his excitement about this project too. Like it's a completely different creative team behind it. You've got new writers, new directors. Um, I've said before, I've watched the first Ghost Rider multiple times because it's one of those movies. If it's on like FX and I'm flipping through and I see it there, I I stop and watch it. Not because it's a good movie, but because it's like, oh man, it's Nick Cage's Ghost Rider. <laughs> I, I love like bad cheesy Nick Cage movies. I don't know. And it is definitely that. It is that. Um, it, it does look. It does look like um, they put some work into it. Um, they really like. I know they put a lot of work into getting the the skull and the flame looking mm-hmm. just right. Um, but this is the writing. I don't know if it's if it's the same writing team, but it's the the directors wrote Jonah Hex. Oh, so that's what I'm like. Ooh. It's it's the writers who did the Crank movies. Yeah, the writers and the directors they did Crank, but they also wrote Jonah Hex. So I mean, those are 
the Crank movies just stupid fun movies. So hopefully they can. And Jonah X movie. It's Jonah just X is horrible. Bad movie. It's just a bad movie. But uh, hopefully this can be fun. Uh, and like I didn't hate the fr- I didn't hate Ghost Rider. No. It it was fun. It had its moments. But uh, yeah, hopefully you get a lot more Ghost Rider kicking ass. And um, since we're kind of on the topic of Marvel movies, um, also announced at Comic Con is the villain for the Wolverine movie, there it is. Silver Samurai, which is kind of an out there choice. I feel. I don't know. Uh, well, like are they gonna tie him into the hand and stuff? I'd Maybe imagine you you'd probably you'd you'd have to have the hand because they. I mean, when you when they said they're gonna set it in Japan, I was like, oh, Silver Samurai and the hand, like you. You have to have those henchmen that he can just slash through. This is one of those things. I I hope they really do a completely different take on the costume because Silver Samurai has always been kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And hopefully it's much better than it is in the comic books. Yeah. And I mean, you think what this is going to be happening, what should be happening in the 70s, 80s time frame for Wolverine? Because it's pretty much more the 80s. Yeah. Well, if it's dealing with Japan, then it's Frank Miller's take when he's going and killing all the when he's when he's in uh, Japan, right? Yeah. So that's eighties, nineties. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to see where it, like, what time frame? Because then you can say if they they clarify a time frame, then you can know where they're going to go styly with stylized with the costume. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, just not in that crappy samurai suit. Yeah. Paul, well, are there any other movies you're looking forward to? Uh, Cat Denning is going to be in a new uh, remake, Josie and the Pussycats. Really? Oh, yeah. God, I can't wait for this movie. <laughs> so uh, I cannot wait for this. I know you are a fan of the first one. I have the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I own uh, it. Josie is going to be played by Cat uh, Dennings. Okay. So uh, right there, I'm hooked. You know, right up there, because you know what? Rachel Lee Cook was in the first one, and nope. she's in top five, so... And David Tennant is also going to be in <laughs> <laughs> This movie's great. As Alexander the Third. Sign me up. I am on board. This is fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure if this is an animated thing, and I'm really hoping this was actually announced, not just somebody... I'm really writing. hoping this is live action. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Josie and uh, Pussycats in Cat Denning's breasts. Yes. Wonderful. Man, that's awesome. I'm, you know, I'm really hoping it's true and not just uh, fan punking me. Because uh, that would be fun. That <laughs> would be I, so much fun. Because I'm just out for the lookout for new Cat Denning's movies. Yeah. <laughs> check, have you checked IMDb? Uh, no. I would no. check that first. Okay. So you're worried about it. Now I am worried about it because I'm like, this sounds too good to be true. And David Tennant being announced in anything is kind of like a red flag for me when I read something online because it's like he's always announced for anything because he's one of those fan favorites. It's almost the same way when uh, I hear, uh, what's the guy from Castle and Firefly? Oh, Nathan uh, Fillion. Yeah, Nathan Fillion being that. Well, that's because he's always talking about being in everything. That's <laughs> you know? why. Like, every time he's, like, somebody says he's going to be in something, I'm like, oh, this can't be true then. His name is just one of those ones that's thrown out there instantly for anything. And I feel so David Tennant. They could be same. making a bagging Boardcast movie and be like, eh, Nathan Fillion's <laughs> going to be in it. And I'd, I'd buy it. I'd be like, is he cool? He's going to play the recorder. <laughs> 
<laughs> David Tennant's going to be in it. That's going to be great. All right, mix this up a little bit. Bang broadcast movie. Who would you want to play you? I'm sorry, I'm taking this off the rails quick, but this will be fun. Steve Buscemi. Really? Because I don't want you guys to say who you think would play me. Uh, I th- I'd have to go Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'd want, but if you're gonna go look alike, I have to go Will Arnett. Yeah, if you're gonna go look alike, yeah. it's Steve Buscemi for me. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a fun... I would go... I would pay to see that movie. <laughs> what kind of misadventures would we get into? Oh, my God. We'd have jalapeno poppers burning in an oven. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, pretty much it would be like us getting in trouble because we're trying to get beer for the podcast. Yeah. And a misadventure, getting the beer, and then getting back to the... And it would be Strange Brews, American style. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. Man... I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> it was announced that uh, San Diego Comic-Con... It was announced. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, well, actually, another fun movie that I'm actually looking forward to, I don't know if this has appeared on your guys' uh, radar at all, but The uh, Knights of Badassdom. No. No. Really? They <laughs> had a panel at Comic-Con. Um, it, it's very much... This you is take, like the Cthulhu movie that just like was released to DVD just to be released on Netflix. No, like the last Cthulhu. This or, is more along the lines of say if you take the LARPing scene from Role Models and okay. then you cross it with something like Army of Darkness. Okay, you have not, not the the comic book that is around Knights of the Dinner Table. No, okay. nothing um, to do with that. No, nothing to do with that at all. Paul. Um. I, I brought it up if you just want a plot summary. You want me to yeah, go, you, can, you can go uh, for it. Live action role players conjure up a demon from hell by a mistake and must deal with the consequences. Uh, starring Summer Glau, Steve, um, Steve Zahn, Peter Dinklage, who you'd probably uh, recognize from his work in the Chronicles of Narnia movies. He's the little person. He, he's the little person. Um, also, he was on 30 Rock. He's pretty funny. Um... And uh, I don't know his name, but he plays the uh, one McPoyle brother on Always Sunny. Oh, uh, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, if that's his name, yes. Yes. Um, it, it just, when I first heard about this movie, it was like one of those like, wow, this kind of sounds like an Army of Darkness type situation. And then as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, it's exactly like Army of Darkness, where you just had like that kind of campy crossover between... You know genres, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it sounds it, and it look like it's got like a good-looking cast. Too. I, I think this is the movie that I wanted um, Your Highness to be. Hmm. Yeah, talking about Army of Darkness here. That's getting a reboot. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that is one that I'm absolutely 100% was announced at San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. That's one apparently. Like Bruce Campbell will be in it, but he won't be playing the Ash role. But yeah. It's kind of like them redoing one and two because honestly, two well, was what, one and two are the same movie, <laughs> except there's some differences at the end. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic about it, just because I am such a big fan of those movies, and that's really what got me into campy horror stuff. Um, so hopefully, it's it's done well. Mm-hmm. well and I don't know who's like directing it or anything. Joe Lynch. Joe Lynch. I know uh, that name. Wrong Turn 2. Okay. He's the director of that. Okay. Uh, he, he I can see it being can't be well. good. 
Wait, Wrong Turn 2? That's that's the only other movie he's done? <laughs> uh, that's the only other movie he's directed? Correct. So, what happened to... Oh my goodness, director of the Spider-Man movie. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. What, what, I, what, oh, I'm he... sorry, no. Um, I thought we were still talking about Badass, but... Oh, I don't no. know who's doing Evil Dead 2. Or the remake of... The Evil the Dead, Dead, Dead reboot. reboot. It has to be Sam Raimi. No, he's no. not directing it. Really? But he is. Uh, I think he is handpicking the director to do it. Okay, well, I trust him as like a producer and stuff, so yeah. I see that going well. Um, also, kind of on the horror fun front, um, Underworld Awakening had a panel as well, which I have always enjoyed the Underworld movies. Like, I enjoyed the first one, even though it was a ripoff of the Matrix. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was so waiting for it. Oh. Stylized and visually. Hey, yeah. so sorry, but what else do you expect warrior vampires to wear versus werewolves? It should be tight leather. Yeah, but you also don't need to have uh, screen transitions through computer screens. It makes no sense. It does it one time. <laughs> Ripped off the Matrix. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, they, just watching it, you're like, man, they kind of want to get the look and the feel of the Matrix in this movie, which is understandable, because it's cool. But then when they do the computer screen, it's like, oh, they're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> I, I love the Underworld movies. I've seen all of them in the theaters. I will continue to as long as they make them. Even the Rise of the Lycan? Yeah. I saw that one twice in the theaters. Yeah. I think we saw, we got a free preview of it. I don't remember now. I think because it was when I think it was a free preview. But I really enjoy them. Um, they're not the best movies ever. They definitely have their faults, but it's just fun, like sci-fi horror action. What um, does it say? Where in the timeline this one's going to take um, place? This is taking place after the second one. Oh, okay. So it's actually a sequel, not like the prequel. Because I'd like, I would like more of the. Um, the leader of the Lycans from, yeah, from uh, the, the third one. Which yeah, hopefully they kind of go. Yeah, is it still the same um, director? Yeah, same guys writing it, directing it. Um, Kate Beckinsale's back. No, um, they because if it's the same director, it's yeah, that's her husband. <laughs> um, no word about Scott Speedman. He doesn't appear in the trailer at all. But at one point, she does ask where Michael is, so it's safe to assume she's trying to track him down. Maybe someone's got him. Um, I I love these movies. I don't know. I'm really looking forward no, to it. They're they're fun. And they're, they're better fun. than Van Helsing. That is very true. Is, which yeah. also had Kate Beckinsale in it, <laughs> and also weird mathematics. Uh, I, movie makes no sense. It does not. Movie makes no sense. Uh, I don't have any more movies. Um, confirmed by Steven Spielberg, though Jurassic Park Four is a go. Um, they have a story in place, but they're working on uh, finding a writer for it right now. Um, honestly, I stopped hearing about Jurassic Park in the second one. <laughs> Fucking Jeff Goldblum's daughter uses gymnastics to take out raptors. That's crazy. Gymnastics. Well. To take out raptors. Nightwing uses gymnastics to take out all the bad guys. That's Nightwing. He's been trained by Batman. <laughs> and also the Flying Graysons. And the Flying Graysons. This is... Jeff Goldblum's adopted daughter, <laughs> who's like seven. Uh, you gotta, you gotta say though, first one is great. First, first one is great. Clever girl. Second one, I was not a big fan. I did enjoy the third one. Though. Third one, I've only seen bits and pieces of, and I did not 
like it at all. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the third one was the movie that I went to see in a drive-in when I first started dating Kate, and we watched none of the movie. Hmm. Ah, uh, drive-ins. Nice. Um, yeah, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Do you know how many books were written by, was it Michael Crichton? I have no idea. Yeah, so I know I, nothing of The Lost World. Yeah, I don't know either. But uh, I, I'm if Steven Spielberg is behind it, if he's going to be directing it, hopefully we can, hopefully we can picture it being a good movie. Yeah. It seems like he's getting back on with War Horse, making good films. You're excited for War Horse? I'm not. Oh no, I'm not excited about War Horse at all. But it looks like it's very well done. <laughs> they put they put some money into the production value, yes. unlike what they did with Indiana Jones. Well, they just didn't want trips around the world again and actually find locations to shoot on, and they just said, ah, a little green screen everything. Yeah. Such a crap move. Do you know how many um, Jurassic Park books were written by Michael Crichton? only ones I know about were Lost World and the first one, so I don't know. All right. Yeah. So we can picture this as its own kind of story? Probably. <laughs> TV? Video games? TV or video games. I have I'm prepared for both. I have nothing for TV. Okay. I have lots for TV. Okay. Go but I have guys. none for video games. Uh, hey, I have stuff for video games. Yeah. Cool. Let's do TV. Uh, uh, TV, it's actually all from uh, Marvel, from Marvel TV. Yeah, because Fables um, didn't get picked up. And... Uh, ABC, we'll, we will be getting, we'll be doing, um, what are they? Galagos? Like Alias, but it's uh, Jessica Jessica Jones. Right. Yeah, it's Alias. Oh, Brian, Brian Michael Bendis' Alias, <laughs> not the old J.J. Uh, Abrams Alias. Yes. Very confusing, because they were basically coming out at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, they were coming out at the same time. And I always thought the comic book was a tie-in to the movie, uh, to the television show, so I never picked it up, and then I realized it was completely different. Because I didn't watch the television show either. I, yeah, I didn't either. Because I thought it was something to do with uh, giving your hair cut. Because J.J. Abrams' other television show that was going on at the same time was Felicity. Felicity. And I'm like, I don't need to watch a show about a girl getting her hair cut. Well, that's, what, that's what ended Felicity, was it? Right. And then started Alias. Yes. So I was all the J.J. Abrams stuff. And you can see why I was so confused. But go ahead, John. <laughs> this is very confusing. But you're going to get Jessica Jones. Uh, also, uh, Carol Danvers. And, be in too. and Luke Cage hmm. is supposed to be in it. Miss um, Marvel. Miss Marvel. Yeah. Not Carol, not Linda Danvers. Super. One of the super. Yes, that was one of the super books. Um, and that's very confusing, all these things. Uh, so many people. <laughs> also, we'll be getting a live action Hulk show. That's um, cool. It's going to be taking place before everyone knows who the Hulk is, or just the little sightings of him, mm-hmm. and focus a lot on the love story of Banner and um, uh, Betty Ross. Well, I only need to watch the last four minutes of this show also. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Because, honestly, my dad had it right in the day at first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hulk. He's in the beginning. <laughs> and then you know when the show's over because he appears at the end. It's like, you know, solve all the crimes. When, and the Hulk shows up, you know, the show's over. Do you have uh, anything down about Cloak and Dagger? Yes, I do. Okay, because I was going to say, that's the one I'm actually looking forward mm-hmm. to. Uh, and that is going to be on ABC Family. 
Uh, always had a soft spot in my heart for Cloak and Dagger. Like, the one-shots I've been yeah. picking up. I know that they're going to be appearing in uh, Amazing Spider-Man as part of the uh, Spider, Spider Island. Island. I love Cloak and Dagger. I don't think I can love them that much, though. I know. I, I really have liked Cloak and Dagger, and it's honestly mostly been since... Um, well, Maximum Carnage, they were cool in there. Because like, Cloak and Dagger would pop up, and they'd be like your summoned allies. Yeah. I think I have maximum courage. Like in certain levels, like they're yeah. the uh, you know the heroes you can call mm-hmm. that clean out like the bad guys. Cool. Like cloak, he like pops in, like he opens up his mm-hmm. cloak and like he swallows all the bad guys. Dagger like flies in, like shoots out some. Mm-hmm. I just love and their power around. sets, and I love that they're a team that has to work together because they balance each other out. I love that you know the power sets that actually complement each other. Yeah, and that's why I love this. That series. Right. And they're going to be fighting crime in post-Katrina New Orleans. Uh, all the shows are supposed to be mm-hmm. set in you know the real world, kind of the mm-hmm. real time kind of a thing. Uh, also, what you're going to be getting at ABC Family is Mockingbird. Mm. Um, Bobby Morris is a science geek Peter Parker type recruited to be a super spy. And she's going to try to live, like Chuck. Yeah. live life <laughs> as a student... And by day and be a spy in training at night. Which also sounds kind of like what Jessica Jones mm-hmm. is going to be. Because she's going to be trying, probably having a social life with her spies. Being a spy. I thought she was like an investigative agency kind of thing. I don't know. Who knows what they're going to do. Like a hero's far higher, almost. Um, but some of these, like, like the, no, the mocking... No, nothing? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like... Mockingbird does not seem like something for me. Mockingbird I would watch on Netflix, though. It seems like if they're well, trying to the do... the only way we'll be able to see it. Yeah. Like, they're trying yeah. to do the USA shows. Because the USA's got that one spy show. Which it seems like it's trying to be like that. Oh, you mean Burn Notice? No. There's another spy that is, show. That is so they the, have two spy shows on the USA shows. network, then. That's, that's their spy show. No, they a, have another spy show with a chick who's the main character. Chase? No, it's um, it's by one of the producers of the Born uh, Born Identity movies. It's, oh, that's uh, just going to be starting soon. You've seen it on the twenty. No, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the second season. It's the second season. Right, anyway. Oh, not bad. Um, Thank you for coming early and catching us on the twenty. Also, uh, out of the animation, we are going to get Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, writing team: Paul Dini, Joe Kelly. Are going to be leading it. Um, so there's some good comic book names. Paul, you're going to like this. Uh, Drake Bell is going to be doing the voice of Spider-Man. You might know him from iCarly. No, Drake and Josh. No, it, iCarly. Is he on iCarly too? Is he the older brother? Is he Spencer? I think so. I don't from know. From iCarly? I don't... It said, I like how you're the one asking us, Paul. It, well, you're, you're seeing know. stuff. It up. said, when I wrote this down, from it iCarly. said iCarly, and I was like, yeah. boom, fucking Paul, love this shit. <laughs> Drake Spencer. Drake, Drake Bell, Bell is from Jerick and Josh, who, who Miranda Cosgrove, who is in iCarly, was the little sister on that show, uh, and I don't think... Drake Bell whoever has appeared this, on iCarly. Whoever wrote this down. I think they're very confused. Whoever wrote your notes, Joe? Well, whoever whoever, you're at your whoever notes. wrote down what I, t- what I wrote down had it wrong. It's so fucking weird, though, that Paul knows all that. <laughs> that is- well, you said, Paul, you would like this. 
you know, and I then apparently... shook his head, no, he doesn't. <laughs> but ultimately... And then you're like, why wouldn't you? And then I had to explain myself, because otherwise... Guys, give me shit. You're also you're also gonna get. Uh, well, Greg. Maybe you'll get. We don't know. <laughs> Greg, we have to research this before we commit to it. Clark Gregg, um, who we know from the Marvel movies, playing uh, the, uh, the agent who's been in all the movies. Oh, cool! Is going to be playing the same character and the principal of Spider-Man's school. Oh, cool! He did. Janitor will be voiced by Stan Lee and have a reoccurring role. That's awesome. J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson. That's which fantastic. Perfect. Uh, Drake Bell was on one episode of iCarly called I Blop. Okay, because all the iCarly episodes start with I, kind of like iMac. Gotcha, iPod. Don't need to know anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also going to get... You wrote it down explic- explicitly for me. It said, it said, like, Drake Bell from iCarly. So I was like, ooh, iCarly, Paul, love it. I thought it was the kid in that. If it was Spencer from iCarly, then I would be like, wow, that is an amazing... Yeah, so I can understand. It's very um, confusing, just like... Hulk Agents of Smash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sounds so bad. Oh, but here, so here you go. It's going to be Hulk, Red Hulk, Scar, A-Bomb, and the Green She-Hulk. I really do love the Green She-Hulk. But, man. Agents of Smash. Agents of Smash? Is this like animated? Super, yeah, animated. Cartoon? Okay, Superhero yeah. action... Nope. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. I don't know how you put it all together. Super, superhero, mighty, action, squad. He, what? No, Hulks? Some merchandise always sells <laughs> Hulks. <I don't> <laughs> uh, and then uh, season two of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes animated are going to be coming back for a return. Hmm. Which it looks like you're gonna. It's you got Fantastic Four team ups. Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems like we really take it serious. Like how they did the um, the uh, the Marvel Action Hour. No, the that's what the, I thought you were talking about. The Spider Man or the um, the Superman Batman Adventures. You know how like they have those characters coming in. Oh, and, okay. and, and do that. It seems like they're taking care of these instead of just licensing them out and making shitty cartoons like they used to. And we're still except for it. except for Hulk Agents of Smash because that is not yeah. shitty. Well, cartoon that doesn't look shitty or sound shitty even is Last Airbender: The Legend of Korra. Yes, um, I'm so excited for this one. As soon as I saw the trailer for it, I had to post it on Paul's Facebook, and then when I saw him like the next day or like later that day, I was like, "Did you see it yet?" And you're like, "See what?" <laughs> I didn't check my Facebook. I'm on Google Plus. Uh, How's that working for you? Good, nobody bugs me. <laughs> I have no friends. I am so happy. Paul's the equivalent of like the old crotchety man across the street when it comes to social networking. Like he'll be there, but he doesn't want to be. He just like Hey, it's... stop writing on my wall, kids. He also has these moments where he's like looking at his phone and he's just like scrolling like I wanna delete him. I wanna delete him. I this guy friend of me, I uh I don't want to delete him. That's what I like Google Plus for. You get to pick who you, it's like Twitter where you pick who you follow, and you don't need to worry about friending anybody, so you don't, there's no, like, need of, like... You just worry about hurt feelings? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so much pressure on the Facebook. I don't like it. 
I feel no pressure. I feel no pressure either. I feel like this. I feel this moment like, ooh, should I friend him? No. Boop. And then I get rid of him, and then like I never have to see him again. So my cousin just got married, and suddenly I got the friend invite from I think might be his now wife, but I have no idea because I wasn't at the wedding. I saw it online. See what you do is you friend them right away, and then you block them, and then they just think that you don't do anything on Facebook. Which you don't, well, just, you don't have to block them. You can just friend them and then block their posts so they don't show up on your wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I could just join Google Plus like I did and not need to worry about it. Yeah, but that's the only... Like, Facebook is the only means of communication we have with you. Because you never pick up your phone. You don't have text messaging. <laughs> just join Google Plus, guys. Oh, is there a fucking app for that? Because yeah, I uh, like I joined Twitter last week and I'm already really, thick of it. I really don't want to. You're already though. thick of it? I'm thick of it. From fuck a tash. But, but let's do Cora. Let's do Cora. Man, I would be friends with her. I would I, write Facebook friend that up. I'm really looking forward to this because it's taking place, I think, 70 years mm-hmm. after the end of the last Avatar series. Mm-hmm. And it definitely looks like times are changing because everything's a lot more modernized. Like, mm-hmm. you have cities with skyscrapers and bridges and, like, traffic lights. Mm-hmm. But you still have, you know, the Avatar running around on a polar bear dog or something. Yeah. Like... But we did get a shot of an air bison. So yeah, there is... looked like... There is a, a sky bison in there. Um, supposedly, like, she's the Avatar and airbending is the one, mm-hmm. like, art style that she's having problems with. So this is going to kind of be her story, learning how to airbend. But she's naturally a waterbender, right? Yes. It's weird, because water and air were, you know, so, like, similar in styles that Aang picked up waterbending so easily in the series. Alas. But had a hard time with Earth. But it looks pretty fun. I mean, from the uh, trailer, you see her paling around with a firebender mm-hmm. and what looks like an earthbender. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to this one. They need a character like Toph, because Toph... Was awesome. See, I don't think you can have a character like Toph without them yeah. coming off just means like, oh, this is Toph, yeah. Toph again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be risky. It's going to be hard to do because I think that would be the easy thing is doing the analog, direct analogs of all these great characters that we got in Airbender. And I'm so glad that you actually finished the series recently. I did. I, I barreled through it. I was watching like five episodes a night. Because you can't stop. You can't stop. No, no. That's how I did it too. Especially when you get to that third season and you. Right when you get to the blood pending episode, you're like, Yeah, it was I am fucking awesome. To win it. So badass. And girls can only do it once a month. Tall. <laughs> <laughs> what? Blood John, do you have anything else from TV? That's, I, I plow, plow through my I've got I've got a, a couple more things here, so I guess it's the Chris show now. Yeah, totally the Chris show. Um, I'm shocked. Did you look up the stuff about the Lost panel that they had there? No, I didn't see the Because there was one. the there was like the one year after. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah, because you hate Lost and all things that are good. I don't understand why. I'm like in the third season. I've been rewatching it this summer. It's it's so good. Well, don't worry. We'll get Paul on it eventually. But they had a panel. It was, you know, the one year after. I think they called it like Relost or something. Um, but they had a special deleted, and you can't see this at home, but I'm doing air quotes, a special deleted scene that proved that they had everything planned from the start. Because it's from the episode with the hatch, where they're just like, Jack and uh, Locke are talking about like why they're supposed to be going into the hatch. And the camera kind of like pans away, and you have Jacob and the man in black 
sitting there talking about <laughs> Locke and Jack. And then they're just like, it cuts back to Jack and Locke and their argument. And then it'll cut back over to Jacob and the Man in Black. And they're just talking about like everything else that happened during the show. But it's done kind of like that tongue-in-cheek style. No. And apparently they just filmed this like a couple of weeks ago for the panel. Um, it was just kind of like thrown together by one of the producers. But it was a lot of fun just seeing those two characters kind of together again. Almost like riffing off of each other. And just kind of pointing out how ridiculous everything that happens in the show is. <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun. It's like three minutes. You can actually watch on um, ABC.com has it. I'm, uh, I'm going to write that down. But yeah, I called it... Um, and my notes, I called it the lost releted scene because it wasn't actually deleted, but it was a lot of fun and kind of one of those things like, you know what, if we had gone to San Diego Comic-Con, depending on what was happening, I would want to go to the Lost panel. Oh, definitely. It's just because, I mean, it's been a year now since the series ended, but there's still so much of a following for it. People are still talking about it. People are rewatching it. People are rewatching it. Lovely. Paul still hasn't watched it. But whatever. I can't stand it. I, like, he's like, oh, I couldn't get into it. I like was like, oh, I got nothing to do. I don't want to get into anything. Oh, I'll rewatch the first episode of Lost. It's been on my queue forever because I put it up there just because it's like whole series right there. Started watching it. Had to watch three episodes. And then I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with Paul? <laughs> you say that about a lot of <laughs> Not zombie, though. Not zombie. Not, not zombie. Not zombie. But um, I kind of lumped this in with the uh, TV stuff, even though it could kind of go with the movies. But uh, they showed off some footage from the Batman Year One DCU animated. Mm-hmm. Um, looks really cool. Direct-to-DVD. Direct-to-DVD. But they also announced that they are doing the Dark Knight Returns one, based off of the Frank Miller story. And they're just completely going with his drawing style for the animation basis. Mm-hmm. Like they've done with all the other animated mm-hmm. uh, series they've done, but... I'm really loving the fact that they are still doing these and they're putting them out regularly because there was kind of like a whole, oh, we don't know if we're going to keep doing these after Wonder Woman and Green Lantern. Yeah. But I've enjoyed all of these. Uh, Yeah, I I really enjoyed the little vignettes they did with... uh, Superman Shazam. Superman Shazam, um, uh, the Spectre, all those ones. Those were a lot of fun, even the Jonah Hex one. Mm -hmm. Well, those were all... Those little vignettes were all in the yeah, it was all Superman. In yeah. Shazam. Yeah, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like, I like that. I like that they did that. Um, yeah, so it's 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 fun. It's fun, and it's I'm glad they've been doing it, too. The um, the black, or the red mask one they did was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. I, actually, I really like that one. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to see more. I'd, I want to see this one. I missed, um, what is it, the... Uh, all-Star Superman one. I still haven't seen yeah, that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that, that one either. That one just came out a couple months ago. So Yeah, right yeah. after Wayne McDuffie passed. Yeah. It hasn't popped up on Netflix yet. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it will because they've put all the other ones up like yeah. two months after they came out. So yeah. that's how we watched the Red Hood one. Mm-hmm. But and Yeah, they uh, decided they weren't sure if they were going to do any more. And they canceled the Teen Titans one, Judas Contract. Yeah. And then they realized, oh, what we need to do is, like everything else, have either Superman or Batman be on the front of it in order to get, you know, any sales going. Because they had to rename DCU New Frontiers to Justice League New Frontiers. Uh, also to try for the marketing aspect of those DVDs. It's one of those sad things. And yeah. I'm really but I, I completely understand it, though. 
Yeah, but I still really want that Teen Titans Judas contract. Yeah. I mean, they got a. I mean, they got, they they put money into it because mm-hmm. everything always looks really great. They got great voice actors, but they got to mm-hmm. know it's a niche market. Like, yeah, it's going to be more for people renting them than watching them. Mm-hmm. Or buying, well, renting them and watching them. Then buying, not, yeah, yeah, not, they're buying, not buying them. Yeah. yeah. But also on the animated front, uh, the Flaming Sea made an appearance. Do you guys know who the Flaming Sea is? No. Really? You mean Flaming Carrot? No, the Flaming Sea. Um, this actually happened on Conan O'Brien, where he actually took a tour of the Warner Brothers like animation studios, because they share a lot now. Um, and he actually sat down... Oh, why am I blanking out on his name right now? Artist. Oblivion. He's, he's done... Holy crap. <laughs> How am I blanking out on his name now? He's the guy worked with Paul Dini on Batman the Animated Series. You mean Tim? That's him, Bruce. What's his name? Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Yes, thank you. God, um, actually sat down with Bruce Tim to design a superhero based off of himself, oh. and named him the Flaming Sea. So he wears like he has ski goggles on. He wears an oven mitt. His other hand has a highlight glove on it. Um, he's just a like what glove? Highlight glove. It's. It's like the ball with like the big like scoop thing that you yeah. throw. Oh, okay. You have to catch it. It's Conan O'Brien superhero. Um, they actually showed off some animation for what they're trying to get off the ground because they want to do a Flaming Sea either animated movie or series. <laughs> um, because when they first launched it, they actually had the Flaming Sea edited into the first episode of the new Young Justice cartoon. And it's we're gonna watch it when we take a break because it's fantastic. But this is something that they're actually trying to get off the ground because Conan wants to do this. Like mm. it has a following. When he was at the panel, someone actually came up dressed as the Flying Sea <laughs> and had this picture taken with him. So it's a lot of fun. That is fun. And that, if they do a Flaming Sea like movie, I would watch it. Paul is trying to figure out. How Jimmy Fallon can have his own superhero. <laughs> no. I saw um, the wheels turning. He has his own music videos. He doesn't need to have a... I mean, he also has a, his own book. Thank you, notes out. And his own ice cream by Ben & Jerry's. Just saying. <laughs> Don't worry, the ice cream's not funny either. <laughs> but it is delicious. No, it does sound good. Late night snack. It's entertaining in its own way. But um, last thing I have written down for TV is because I had to put it on um, new show starring Sarah Michelle Gellar called Ringer, um, where she actually plays twin sisters. One of them dies, but did she? Because um, she kind of like picks up her other sister's life and mm. like kind of like a action intrigue type show. Very different from what you got with Buffy, but mm-hmm. I really do like Sarah Michelle Gellar. I think she can pull this off well. You hope because she needs to support uh, her husband there. Are they still together? Prince Junior. I don't even right. know. Yeah, but, because yeah. that he didn't really hit it big with the Wing Commander movie. <laughs> I basically even just forgot that movie existed. I well, didn't it's, even know you that know, it's based movie. off a video game. It is. Which, I was turning my page to Wing Commander. No, not Wing Commander video games. <laughs> Paul's just looking like, hey, you proud of me? <laughs> well, well done, Paul. Ready Prince well Jr., Wing Commander video game. Into our video game segment. This is the kind of segues I provide the Bacon Boardcast. That's all I'm saying. 
But it's video game time, Paul. Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Three new characters. No, 12 new characters. What? Supersize it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) John really liked that. Did you see his face? I I did. He leans back with his arms out and just pulls himself forward like, Supersize it? Paul was channeling you when he did that. Finished with jazz hands, too. It was great. I finished with jazz hands because I had to back away from him. You were scaring me. I know Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon. I don't have a full list in front of me, but I can but try to remember stuff. That's basically... That's, that is Rock, the, that's the one that sold it for Paul. I'm like, really? Rocket Raccoon. The character that just got, you know, kind of uh, publicity and... Annihilation. Critical, yeah, coming out of Annihilation and also the Abnett and Lanning uh, Nova? Uh, series that was, was going on. Nova or was it, it Guardians, was of, the Guardians of the Galaxy? What, hanging out with Root. Um, so I was really surprised that that very low kind of D-list Marvel character was making it into this. Well, they're really, for these games, they've just been drawing from like mm-hmm. Kind of like the scrub characters. Like, yeah, you've got your big ones in there. Wolverine, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. But besides that, it's a lot of just, like, crappy characters. Um, <laughs> Which they've always kind of had. Like, I remember, like, Nightmare was in one of them. Or yeah. Whatever that character was. But I'm, I'm trying to think. But you're getting 12 new characters, 8 more stages, and new game modes. I bought this game when it came out back in March. Mm-hmm. I was super excited for it. I paid 60 bucks. And now here we are, like, five, six months later, they announce a new version of it with more stuff. Oh, this is super? This is Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So it's a whole new game. Whole new game, $39.99. I can go out and buy this for $39.99 and not need to buy the first one? Yes. That is awesome. And what sucks, though, is... Sucks for you. Yeah, because they haven't supported this game with any DLC besides Mm -hmm. just, like, the first download pack of costumes and two new characters. Like... Basically, they kind of stored everything up, and they're putting it towards this ultimate version, which really sucks. Because had I known this, I wouldn't have paid sixty bucks for the game when it came out. Man, anyone wouldn't have kept it. You would have traded. Yeah, it I would in. have traded it in because I could have used it for this. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at. I'm trying to go through it. Um, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye, Ghost Rider, Rocket Raccoon. Who else from Marvel? Because it's six from each universe. Mm-hmm. They're getting one of the guys from Raccoon City from uh, Resident Evil. Uh, Nemesis is going to be in it. Like the big yeah. stars guy. Um, you're also getting Strider, Firebrand, the bad guy from Ghosts and Goblins, um, Frank West from Dead Rising, Phoenix Wright from the Ace Attorney. Oh, yeah, that's the other one I was excited um, about. Objection! I'm, I'm blanking I mean, out they on weren't gonna put. They didn't put in the other uh, Marvel versus... Or, Capcom versus Tex... Tatsunoko. Tatsunoko, because uh, he was in the Japanese version of that fighting game, but one didn't come over to the American version, because the word objection, which actually, when he shouts, that word balloon actually was his, like, weapon, I guess. It would actually hurt the opponent. And objection was too many characters versus the Japanese kanji. Mm. So, I guess they shrunk down... They could have. I don't because know. Because it's HD well, versus the Wii. Yeah, it was only done on the Wii, yeah. so it's possible. And maybe that's why they were able to do it. But I'm looking forward to that. Just not the fact that I'm going to have to buy a new game to get stuff that I would have bought had it came out as DLC, DLC. probably. Mm-hmm. But what else are you looking forward to, Paul? 
if my phone was still here. Oh, you got rid of it. Well, I'll tell you about a game that I'm looking forward to. Die battery. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah. Um, X Men Destiny actually. Oh yes. Um, has an official street date. It's going to be September 27th. Paul, you're a big fan of the Bioware games. Mm-hmm. This is right alongside that, where you get to pick from one of three new. I was new also mutants. a big fan of the X Men Legacy Marvel vs. Marvel Ultimate Alliance. The yeah. I didn't play the second one. But second one's good. I did like uh, X Men Legacy Legends. and Legends. I really enjoyed going through those games. I had a lot of fun, and also Ultimate Alliance. Uh, I played that on Wii. But uh, yeah, uh, so a new one of these is a no-brainer for well, me. It, it's going to be more action RPG mm-hmm. though. It's not like that. You assembled a team of four, like mm-hmm. top-down style. This is like a Mass Effect Dragon Age type game. Where mm-hmm. basically everything you do is going to have some sort of effect on the story. If you're like X Man or a member of the Brotherhood, Brotherhood, and as you go through, like you're going to actually be able to develop your powers and kind of invest in different skills, which are mm-hmm. going to take your powers in other directions. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like with three characters, you know, two main paths to take. That's at least six playthroughs for Paul. Yeah, still not as many as Mass Effect. <laughs> no, no, but it's something I'm really looking forward to. I got one more. Playthrough in me for Mass Effect. Oh my god! I gotta get the insanity. It's the only, it's the only uh, achievement that I'm missing on there, and it's just, it's egging me on. But uh, what also is egging me on till the end of time is probably Spider Man. The ends of time. The Spider Man one looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a wasn't a sold on Shattered Dimensions. I know you guys played it. I didn't. John didn't. Uh, I played it. I didn't yeah. even finish it. It just was the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And they... Man, Spider-Man 2 from the movie, Spider-Man 2, one of the best Spider-Man games ever. Even Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man. I still was, own that game for was PS2. really good. And for some reason, right after that, the Spider-Man games have taken a nosedive. I don't know, I, I still think they're pretty decent, though. I mean, Web of Shadows was good. I didn't play... I didn't like Web of Shadows. Uh, the Friend or Foe. Oh, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I played the demo of that one, and I'm like, you know, it's just a side-scrolling kind of action-y game, and the jumping was weird. Did hmm. not like it. I think out of all the superheroes, Spider-Man's had the most consistently strong games, though. And, like, Shattered Dimensions well, wasn't bad. It was... It was fun, it was interesting, it was just the same thing over and over again. It was no Wolverine Origins. No. Man, that, and that game, man, you, it was long, but you zipped through it. it was, or it was Batman good. Arkham Asylum. Which, which they, they showed, showed a lot of uh, <laughs> Arkham City, including mm-hmm. the fact that Talia al Ghul's appearing, <laughs> Solomon Grundy's going to have a cameo, and, and he's going to be huge. Penguin's in it, too. And he's going to be limey. She should be. He's going to be a little British, a little butt, a little butt. But I'm... Which is weird. A little Australian there. Yeah. Right. You lost it. Right, right. He's, he's Crikey. Crikey, these games going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to have Penguin in it. I don't know. We're really <laughs> looking forward to that game. Um, Rhapsody has said they're keeping everything from the first one because mm-hmm. it works so well. Just making it bigger in scale. Um, the, Arkham City is going to be four times the size of the whole... Arkham Island. Island that you had before, but completely open from the get-go. Like, you're not going to have that, oh, I can't go back to this part because there's no a door metro, that's locked. No Metrovania in yourself. No yeah, like, Metroid. you're going to go wherever so. you want in this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so you're in Arkham, or uh, in Gotham. First place you stop. 
Um, I'm gonna see if there's a Leslie Tompkins clinic. Really? Yeah, I'm curious. That's just like one of those little things that. I, see, I I want to see Crime Alley and see if there's a Rose there, or you know, what it's got to be some collectible oh, there. There's got yeah. there's got to be. Mm-hmm. Or if you go there, like it goes to like a movie cut where you mm-hmm. put a rose there. Yeah, like I'm, there's, I'm hoping for a lot of just different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see the Iceberg Lounge, you know, mm-hmm. different stuff. I want to see, you know, like a chemical place that says like freeze on it or something. I can't remember what the. Well, John never answered what he wanted to see. What first place he would go to? I think he, I, Prime Alley would be mine. Yeah. Not no, Watchtower also. Oh, the Oracle's Clock Tower? Yeah, clock That'd be tower. cool, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you you got to imagine, those things are going to be there, because look at everything they did in the first one. Mm-hmm. All those little things, the the pictures, this or that. Mm-hmm. Like, just all the different cells that you had. Mm-hmm. Like, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I, I think that's, like, the big game. Mm-hmm. When, when does that come out? Um, That is October 4th. Wow, it's coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woof! 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 I um, thought it was later. Other, I don't want to say another DC game I'm looking forward to because it's actually an add-on. Mm-hmm. But the DC Universe Online Fight for the Light expansion it's a Green pack. Lantern expansion pack, yeah. I actually just mm-hmm. bought the DC Universe Online. Because you just got the PlayStation Because I just 3. got a PlayStation 3. Because you wouldn't play it on PC. Because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, I'm really looking forward to getting into this. And the fact that I can get this expansion pack now... And either start with the Green Lantern or Yellow Lantern character, or if I get up to level thirty, I can respect my character as a either Lantern. Or, yeah, or all seven cores, or just uh, just the two, because there's one for the heroes, one for the villains. Mm-hmm. But the fact that when you're doing this, like the four new areas, like you're going to be like the Owen prisons, because mm-hmm. there's like a the Red Lantern, that, a Red Lantern's broken out. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to be able to go to like a Star Laboratory. Like, it's drawing on just everything I love about Green Lantern. Because, cool. hey, yeah, Hal Jordan and Sinestro are there. Oh, look, so is Atrocitus. Like, mm-hmm. cool. Um, I'm super excited for it. Cool. I'm glad that they're still doing support for that game, even though there's only, what, three, four servers in it? They do what the yeah. server can... Uh, they connect on the servers, but there's different ones for the PC and different ones for PS3. Yeah. Because it's not cross-platform, but... I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. And they've been putting out stuff for it, but it's been, like, free DLC. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll give you, like, new... Almost like they've done with Warcraft when they come out with the patches. Yeah. Like, there's always new areas, new mm-hmm. NPCs, new quests and stuff that pop up. Yeah. But this is their first actual, like, big add-on. I, and they're planning to do more. That's cool. Uh, other multiplayer game that I'm, of course, looking forward to, been looking forward to since I started on the Back and Board website... Uh, which is Knights of the Old Republic, or the Old Republic. Uh, haven't really heard anything much different or new from originally what they've been saying before. Um, don't know. I'm nervous because honestly, I I have not been able to really follow an MMO since I played Warcraft, but I didn't play it as an MMO. Yeah. And honestly, if I'm not playing with you guys, then what am I doing? Playing with other people. No. At least you're not going to talk to yeah. online. Because they don't want to be his Facebook friends. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, I do, uh, any news on Diablo 3? Well, that'll no, be a post-con. Yeah. That'll yeah. be. Still sometime next year. <laughs> Still good to know about. 
Yeah, hopefully sometime soon because I mean I can't wait for that one to come out. It's true. Are you guys getting your uh, right click finger ready? <laughs> There's a lot of clicking. Click, 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 click. Might have to buy a couple of backup mice. Yeah. Are you going to get your computer ready for that one? I. I'm gonna need to because I there's no way I cannot play that game. I bought Diablo 2 when it came mm-hmm. out. Like I yeah. killed that game. Like I still love it. I'll still play that. If you guys want to play that, <laughs> you can totally go on to the we server. While. We'll Dude. be the only people playing that probably. No. But we won't be playing for too long because Blizzard is taking down those servers. Really? Yeah, the original StarCraft and the Diablo 2 ones once they launch everything. Hmm. Which is kinda of sad. It is What can you do? I don't know. Talk about comic books. Try and do a stack of comic books, I guess. Uh, guys, seriously, I'm kind of uh, upset with uh, the news that came out of Comic-Con. Uh, I don't like the bachelorization of comic books. Seriously, Lois Lane and Superman are not married anymore? Like, yeah. what's the point? Like, Superman should not be going out and, like, Banging a bunch of broads. I don't it's think. Just, I don't think you're going to see him do that. Exactly. Though. So, what's like he should be? That's an interesting thing that he has to deal with: being married and being there for his wife. But being single and not having that connection, I think, is less interesting. Well, I think a lot of that's coming from the fact that this is that relaunch. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it's hitting harder than it is for, like, say, the Green Lantern stuff. Because yeah. Green Lantern is not going into any big changes. Like, the story is going to be continuing. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of one of those things that you are going to see big shakeups, And it could wind up taking you to that point where Clark and Lois are together again. Mm-hmm. But you, you're dealing with a younger Superman mm-hmm. who's only been around now for, like, what, five years? Mm-hmm. I think they're saying. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I'm not a Superman fan, so this isn't, like, a big deal to me. Yeah. But... I didn't like it when Spider-Man uh, broke up with Mary Jane. Didn't like that either, but I can understand uh, Peter needing to, you know, forgive the pun, swing from a relationship to a relationship. Yeah. You know, just just because it is more interesting for him to be flirting with Black Cat while trying to see MJ or, you know, Gwen Stacy. He's had a book, Liz, uh, Liz uh, Sherman. Sherman, right? And uh, the, who was the... A uh, girl at the Daily Planet. Wasn't oh, Betty Brant, was Betty, it? Yeah, Betty Brant. You know, there's been all these different relationships that he has had throughout things, but Superman, it's... Actually, Superman has had lots of those relationships. This the only one that's ever stuck around and ever met mm-hmm. anything was yeah. Lois. Him and Lana. Yeah. Well, you're looking more like the Clark Kent stuff. Yeah, going back and then reworking his... It just always worked because it was she was right there with his secret identity, mm-hmm. where <clears throat> the other women were usually him as Superman. Because mm-hmm. there was one, there was a woman that was like she was like a mermaid that was his girlfriend for a while. Crazy, seventies stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. I was, you know what? I think I was more heartbroken over. MJ and Peter breaking up mm-hmm. than this because I'm like with this you tell yeah, this is the first I've actually heard of it mm-hmm. and I'm like oh that'll be interesting like how about that? Barry Allen and uh, Iris West now not being married not, honestly I'm more upset at the fact that we're losing Wally mm-hmm. 
than anything else. Are we losing Wally completely now? There, he, there's no mention of him at all, and Dandadio said, like, yeah, we, we might see him again eventually. And it's upsetting. It, it's very upsetting. Like, see? What do you care about now more? <laughs> no, this is hitting me for the first time. I'm very upset when I'm like, oh, you know, I picked Action Comics first in our draft. I was so excited. But man, like, there's no point, there's no reason for him not to be married to Lois Lane. It doesn't provide any interesting story. Who knows? I don't, know. I, just, I don't find Superman interesting as a whole, so. Right. It's tough. I mean, I've always liked the um, Clark and Lois dynamic. It's always worked, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not going to be writing to the soldiers about it. You know, you just got to see what they're going to do. Because, I mean, ultimately you know they have to be back together. But if it's going to be a younger Superman, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go, okay, they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. You're going to have those stories of them getting there. You know? Same thing with you know, Flash and uh, Barry and Iris. <laughs> Just weird. You know. But yeah, I don't agree with the Wally. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a Barry Allen fan, so... Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I thought that was the most shocking news out of Comic-Con for me. At really? least, uh, you know, from the comics. Yeah. Until you just heard that about Wally. Well, I, I can't... We, I haven't had Wally for a while now, so is it really? I still, I still look at them fondly. Yeah, I, I'll go read them into the trades. Yeah, because I have trades of that. I don't have trades of <laughs> Superman. <laughs> um, one of the things I wrote down is actually uh, Marvel is going day and date with uh, Spider-Man and X-Men books, hmm. kind of taking the page out of DC's fifty-two initiative. Fifty-two initiative, going day and date with everything. I'm. Wondering if we will see them go across the board, and if they're just going to try it out with their kind of top tier titles first to see how it affects mm-hmm. their sales. But as someone who doesn't buy digital, like, not a big deal for me. But I can see, you know, if you buy digital and print copies, and mm-hmm. you follow Spider Man and X Men, kind of having that like, oh, what do I do now? Yeah. If it saves me a buck, I like having actually like having the comics. Okay. Well, you guys just moved all those. Comics I know you just moved all those comics. Them. Nine damn long boxes. And that's yet, still not all of them. Yet you were like, I want to have a Kindle, so I don't need to move all these. Books. It's just a hassle to move them, but I like actually having them. Do you have to say those six, are actually the trades I was talking about moving to, not my physicals. Six long boxes in my trunk. I can fit six of them. That's a pretty good trunk. That is pretty good. It's that's good trunk. more long boxes than I have. <laughs> I have five right now. Wow. I need to go through a purging. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about it. Like, mid-moving everything, I was like, I don't need all these. Oh, so, okay. eBay. If you do a purging, break down which ones you're getting rid of and why, and we can talk about them on the podcast. We could. Uh, some other news out of Marvel is the Defenders are coming back. <laughs> Matt uh, Matt Fraction is bringing them out in December. And yeah. it's going to be, he says, it's like the Weird Avengers. They're going to take on these different stories. Iron Fist, Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, Red She-Hulk. The Hulk, and um, it all takes place right after uh, Fear Itself. Yeah, coming out of it. Shattered Heroes, or Broken Heroes, or Shattered Heroes, I think they're calling it. Yeah, if you go there, we're calling it. Banner, because, you know, if they have to do a new banner event after coming out of another banner event. (laughs) This is your cleanup banner. Yeah, basically. They're bringing a lot of people back over at Marvel 
Cable, Jeff Loeb, and Nick Innes. <laughs> I don't know why. He's only been gone for the past, like, uh, since he died in uh, X-Men Destiny, or uh, X-Men... Well, uh, the thing you can do with Cable Messiah. is it can be a story from his past, mm-hmm. of him in the future. You know, it doesn't have to be him being brought back to life, but a story of an adventure of his. Cool, you want to read it? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know who's clamoring for my cable or a cable book. That's kind of. I mean, Cable and Deadpool was a pretty strong ongoing series. Mm-hmm. Like people did like that. They they do like Cable. Well, Deadpool and when Cable died, got three more books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's what I'm saying. It's. I think it's more Deadpool pulling that than Cable is, which I think is really weird. But you know, it's just me. I'm not a Marvel uh, zombie. And also we're getting Scarlet Spider back, Ben yeah. Riley. That I'm kind of intrigued by, though. Yeah. Actually, I like Scarlet Spider. That's cool. I, everybody likes Scarlet Spider. They still put his costumes in every single Spider-Man game. Yeah. That's because he can go to the mall kiosk and get his costume made for you. That's cool. I like him. I don't, know, I don't, know, if I, I don't know if I would buy this, but I'm kind of looking forward to it coming out. Though. Well, it's a Spider-Book. So therefore, you could get it digitally. I could, or maybe we could you just could do it for a look back. Yeah. So that out there. Yeah, we always try to pick something up. Mm-hmm. But a book coming out that I'm actually looking forward to, and you could also call this a return because it's Mr. Brian K. Vaughn yes. returning to comic books. Awesome. Um, Huge. I've been Sorry. wondering about where he's been for so long because I miss his comic book work, and he's coming back, uh, Image Comics, with. His big sci-fi epic saga, mm-hmm. um, drawn by Fiona Staples. I I can't wait for this book to come out. Like I did think it was weird the last time I was over and I looked at him by Phil Cardin and he pasted <laughs> missing Brian this K. Is Vaughan. Really sad. Wanted for comic book work. See <laughs> Why the Last Man, see Runaways, see Mystique. Lost? <laughs> That's not a comic book, but it's yeah. a comic booky show, Paul. One which you should partake of. Fully drink deep. No, I will partake completely a saga. I, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, they haven't said anything about the book at all, but it was announced at the image panels, and it's like, hey, it's Brian, a guy with weird horns. He's got like a horns and but long Vulcan. All you have to say is, oh, Brian K. Vaughn's writing a book, and I will buy it. Yeah, writing comics. What? Okay, bought, sold. Uh, we got some news out of IMD, uh, IDW Publishing. Um, Steve Niles' ongoing 30 Days of Night. Oh, ongoing. Um, which it was a little hard to follow if it's going to be more just centered around the vampires and not people trying to defend a city or, or well, a town or anything. Everyone's been different, though. Like, they've done yeah. so many different stories, and it's all been about like just different people dealing with the vampires. Yeah, but I, from what, what I read, it seemed like it's going to be more about the vampires. Um... You also have uh, some new creators coming in with some uh, creator-owned stuff. Um, but Eric Powell will be doing Godzilla. Yes, with uh, somebody else. Somebody else is co-writing it. Um, I'm forgetting who yeah, right now. I don't remember. And then um, they have some licensed uh, items like Dead Rising going to be coming to comic books and uh, new Star Trek projects. And you're going to get a crossover of... With Legion. Legion of Superheroes in Star Trek. I didn't hear about that. That was probably the only news that I took out of the IDW announcements was that, which is 
oh, DC's doing crossovers again with other companies. With other companies, not Marvel. <laughs> yes. Um, no, it's kind of interesting, though. I mean, I'm not yet. a Legion fan. Not Marvel yet. Yet. We'll see. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath for it. And uh, new Ninja Turtles stuff coming out. And they said you're going to see a lot of Casey Jones. That's because he's the most badass character there besides <laughs> Raphael. You need that badass. Well, actually, in the comics, all of them were really badass. They were pretty badass. They knew how to stab with it. Yes, they did. <laughs> so they, they went on a murder spree, their first adventure up on, on <laughs> above the sewers. Shredder was killed in the first issue. He was. Yeah. Fucking ninjas, of course. Yeah. yeah. But um, speaking about returns, I guess, Fables is uh, getting another spin-off book again. Um, oh. uh, Paul, I like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, huh? Um, oh, because Jack just finished. Well, that. Jack like finished a couple months ago. Uh, but this one's called uh, Ferris, which is going to focus more on the princesses that aren't actually in the Fables book all the time. So it's going to be a lot more stuff with uh, Sleeping Beauty, um, Cinderella, who's an awesome character, uh, some Rose Red and Rapunzel. Oh, cool. No Briar Rose? Sleeping Beauty. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Wasn't you don't listen to me. I don't listen to anybody, really. But this is kind of filling in that like bi-weekly Fables fix that I'm going to be getting again. Because Jack really lost me. I mean, I kept buying the trades, but I didn't buy the single issues anymore. Um, did you like when it became Jack Frost? Um, I did. That was actually a little bit better, but then it kind of became... A split book. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it would be like a couple pages of Jack, and then they'd go to the other Jack. Weird. It was weird. I actually started to like the other Jack stuff more. Because he was going on a hero's quest. Cool. It's always fun. Man, a lot of returns in comics. A lot of returns this this past month in July with a lot of number ones. Are we moving out of this? Aren't are we? We didn't even talk about the Eisners. Are we going to talk about the Eisners? I figured we would. Did we do Eisners? We, did, we didn't do Eisners. No. Uh, I remember looking at it and thinking about it, but I think there was just a lot of other stuff happening. Yeah. But before we move into this, I just want to say, um, coming this October 2011, X-Men number one coming out for Marvel Comics. Really? We just had that with the... No, this is, X, this is X-Men number one from the 1990s. They're re-releasing it, um, updated with new coloring. Oh, nice. Jim Lee and Chris Claremont, right? Yeah, because it's the uh, 20-year anniversary of it. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. I probably will buy it. I don't know if they're going to do, like, six different covers again, but if they Uh, do... It's Marvel, yes. I was going to say, if they do, I might have to pick them up, but if you go online, you can actually see, like, panel-by-panel comparisons, and it's one of those things you don't really think about too much, but... Coloring has come such a long way from 1992. Yeah. Like, it's it so looks beautiful now. now. Like, it looks so great. Just, like, even the characters next to him. Like, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. But the Eisners! The Eisners. Sorry, Pod. I didn't mean to okay. no stop on you. Um, I just kind of jotted down some quick stuff. Like, kind of like the bigger ones that we would have a little bit more meaning for us. Um, did you check these out? I actually didn't jot anything. Okay. Um, winning best single issue from Dark Horse Comics was Hellboy Double Feature of Evil. Really? Which son, did you pick that one up? I did not. You might have to now, because best single issue. Exactly. Award winning. But boom It'll probably be re-released. Probably. Mm-hmm. But also, um, best limited series was Day Tripper from DC Comics. Um, 
Which have you been buying that or? I have all twelve issues. Is it good? I have not read them. <laughs> I mean, now you could. You know why? I wasn't in for a good cry. It's award-winning. Those are books that will make you cry. Um, You're in for a good tear. Best new series, though, American Vampire from Vertigo, which we've talked about mm-hmm. wanting to pick up and read. It's one of those. Show. It's going to be one of our trade policy shows, probably. I definitely think so. It's, the hardcover came out already. I think it was just this past week mm-hmm. or two ago. Um, but I already have the softcover coming, so I'll pass mm-hmm. that off to you guys. Um, best graphic collection new was Return of the Dapper Men. Hmm. Which was all done in that, uh, it was all... It's like painted and like, uh... Paintedly, it wasn't, uh... I'm trying... It's uh, printmaking. Yeah. It was all, uh, done with, um, actually etchings. So It's pretty cool. Like, I haven't bought it, but I've read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hung around a bookstore for a while and I actually... I've it was really cool. I've of it and I've seen art from it. Um, best graphic collection reprint, though, Wednesday Comics. Which actually, like, John and I are in the process of moving right now. And I just boxed up a lot of my trades. And when I was putting these in, I came across my Wednesday Comics and I just started flipping through it again. This is before I had seen that it had won. And I was like, man, this is a great looking book. Yeah, yeah they did a great job uh, putting that together. Um, best writer... Uh, Joe Hill from IDW's Lock and Key, which has actually been canceled. Yeah, but it was picked up for a television series. Which is kind of, like, surprising. Was like, it a series? I thought it was for a movie. No, it's a series. I'm pretty sure. Series FX, I think, or Fox. One of the Fox stations, I'm pretty sure. Which it's a book that I've always kind of wanted to pick up because it's kind of like the creepy horror anthology that mm-hmm. I would really like, especially now that House of Mysteries has also been canceled. Um, but... Good for them, because, I mean, mm-hmm. kind of when it comes into, like, the Eisners, not a big name. Yeah. Other than Joe Hill being the son of Stephen King, right? I don't know, is he? I think so. I might be mistaken. I don't know, but, um, best writer-artist, Darwin Cook. No yes. surprises there. Um, something I was kind of happy to see, though, best penciler, Scotty Young. Oh, cool. For, uh, uh, Oz, for his Oz books. books. Which I've and always I'm guessing, been a fan. um, the last name that you mentioned... Got it for the Richard Stark. The other Richard Stark. And the yeah, Starks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then best cover artist, uh, Mike Mignola. Hmm. Because he does all the covers for like all the Hellboy stuff. Because he's not really doing the interiors. Yeah, he, doesn't, he hasn't done the interiors stuff. in a while. Like He'll do like yeah. one-shots here and there. but Right, Chan? Yeah, he's been focusing more on just the writing aspect, which he actually does with other people, too. <laughs> so, I think he's just gotten lazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's I'm not like, doing, he's not doing like other work. Just throw that out there on somebody. <laughs> Speaking about throwing it out there, let's talk about our next beer review. Yes, because yes. we, we've got a second beer here. Uh, we got our uh, Sly Fox Breweries um, Indian Pale Ale One One Three. John's looking at the bottle. Looking at the bottle, uh, it says uh, it's more hops than their. Um, they're normal, just Sly Fox IPA. You know, it's their kind of a limited edition, bigger bottles. Um, I don't know. It's, it's got a nice little malty taste yeah, to it. Yeah, it's more like, malty than hoppy. I, I like think. this more than the regular Sly Fox. See, I think I would go... I'm not a big malt guy in my beer. So right. I would go the regular Sly Fox IPA. But now this has been sitting out for a little while. You do get kind of more just like that hoppy linger to it. Now, John, I was kind of... 
surprised that you weren't uh, bringing over the high gravity ales. <laughs> those are when we have like a day. Yeah, that those are okay because you're like, oh, we got to do it, and I'm like, oh, it's John Spear Week. I'm going to no, have those, a high those are those are a time when we have a whole day to sit out and drink, much like we did our crappy beer last summer. Okay. Yeah, because those are heavy, mm-hmm. and they're horrible. Oh. <laughs> it's basically just like a shit beer with sugar in it. Oh, that okay. makes it the alcohol higher. Yeah, this is uh, more malt than you do get that lingering, you know, orangish, orange peel, orange rind kind of thing on the back, but uh, a lot more malt than I expect from an IPA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're batch one one three, brewed twelve twenty two eleven. Fucking Pottermore. Let me open up again. And a lot more malt uh, than I expect from an IPA. A lot more sunnier disposition than I expected my Daredevil from recently, right? Exactly. <laughs> Am uh, I right, guys? Head into our monthly look back. Um, like we said at the start of the show, we're taking a look at three books. Uh, for Marvel Comics, we have Daredevil number one. We also have Captain America number one. And then from Image, we have the Red Wing number one. Um... So I guess we're going to start off with the Daredevil? Yeah, because I... Because he threw that out there. All right. Um, this is one I was actually looking forward to picking up. It's mm-hmm. um, the relaunch of Daredevil, written by Mark Wade, art by Paolo Rivera. Mm-hmm. Um, much different from the Daredevil stuff I've read recently, because, like Paul said, it's a much lighter take on him. Um, mm-hmm. And you actually get two stories in this book. The first one is there's a... Uh, Big crime boss wedding that's happening, and two families coming together. And so, of on course, this, the day of my daughter's wedding, you got Matt Murdock there, and because uh, you know something's got to go down, mm-hmm. and of course it does. Which is the appearance of a Spider-Man villain that I haven't seen since probably the 1990s. Oh, yeah. The spot, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, definitely a lot of fun. As soon as you open the book, it's just got this great feel to it with the art, mm-hmm. and it makes it, it takes you it takes you into another. It takes me back in Daredevil comic yeah. books. Yeah, you know, because where they've gone, like I mean, the, the Ed Brubaker, a lot darker. You know, mm-hmm. just a whole different feel to them. When you open this up, you're like, okay, boom! I'm like in a great old comic book, but a lot like how. Um, um, Who's the artist and writer? Da- uh, Darwin, Darwin Cook. Cook. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it's got a Darwin Cook feel to it. It's the they're giving you a setting and uh, emotional impact right from the art. Yeah. Which is great because you open it up and you're like, oh, this isn't Rupiker. This isn't Bendis. Yeah. This isn't just, you know it is street level Daredevil. It, it's but it's not him training with a uh, stick. You know, stick or doing the hand, all the stuff of the hand. This seems like a daredevil unencumbered by his past, and they kind of touch on that a little bit. Like, I know I should be dealing with these things now that I'm back, but you know what? I'm just gonna. When people say, "Hey, daredevil," I'm gonna be like, "I'm not daredevil." Just then, that's how I'm dealing with it. Not um, me. Great. I mean, the the art's really great. I love how they show his senses. Yeah. You know, they just showed the spot being um, uh, being through his sonar and everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's what you want out of Daredevil this... book. The other, like, the Brubaker stuff is what you wanted, but this is also the other the other side of what mm-hmm. you want out of a Daredevil this book. This is like that 1990s Daredevil that when I would 
get a Daredevil comic, it would look like this and it would mm-hmm. kind of read the same way. Yeah. Um, because it's it's we keep saying it's like oh it's brighter it's fun but it is still kind of yeah it's still heavier messing up crime families um, and and I have to say I really do like how he just draws Daredevil too like mm-hmm. you get the sense that he is acrobatic even though you're looking at static images on the pages you mm-hmm. know it just it looks really good and I like how his like batons are connected mm-hmm. into the like the cane and you can still see like the little loop on it yeah. Like, that's one of those little things that I enjoyed mm-hmm. about it. The little things that I enjoy is, man, the artist is really letting me know this character is blind. Uh, like, most of the times that you see his face, like, his eyes are slitted almost to almost completely closed. And even page breaks. And also the word balloons go right over his eyes. You know, the panel breaks there over the eyes. The word balloon breaks, you know. Yeah. Right over the eyes almost in every like, single That little girl's arms blocking his mm-hmm. eyes. Uh, when the spot... Grabs them. He of course grabs them over, you know, over the eyes. Um, and then you have Daredevil covering yeah. the little girl's eyes when well, he gets his neck broken. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it's shadowed over there. You know, it's like letting you know visually that. Yeah. Uh, not that they haven't mentioned it quite a few times when they're explaining it, but. I, I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. book. Actually, um, when John and I went to Don's on Wednesday to pick up our books for last week. I didn't order anything past the mm-hmm. first one, but I told Don, I was like, hey, can you get the next two for me? Because mm-hmm. I really want them. Um, I, I really enjoyed this book a lot more than I thought I was going to. Like, I thought it would be a good read, mm-hmm. but not something that I was going to keep picking up. Um, yeah, and I, I like this. Chris and I order out of the same uh, previews book. So mm-hmm. a lot of times he goes, where are you going to get this? Like, yeah, well, I already ordered it. I'm like, all right, I'll just borrow it. And kind of the same, you know, like, oh, I'll order it this time. But, yeah, this is definitely one that I, I definitely want to stay up on. <laughs> I like, I love the feel. I love the look of the book. And uh, I'm really glad about the creative team on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then also, we do have a second story in this, too. Also written by Mark Sorry. Wade. Um, yeah, I like that, too. I, I'm blanking out on who did the art. I want to say it was, uh, what's his name? I it's don't. not Cliff Chang, is it? No, it's... Um... Marcus Martin. Okay, that's who it is. Um, he's he a lot of really good stuff too. He did the uh, Batgirl Year One book. I don't know why I couldn't think of him, but it's basically a Matt and Foggy's day out on the town. Mm-hmm. It, it's such like just a simple character story for the two of them mm-hmm. that I love it. Um, especially how he just kind of focuses on Daredevil's powers. Like he kind of highlights what he's seen. With, you know, the sounds or mm-hmm. the sure. smells or, like, the way stuff, like, echoes. Yeah. And um, he does a little white box around all the things that, you know, Matt Murdock would be sensing. It's so like what he's like, focusing on. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, just a really great use of the medium. Yeah. And it's, and it's, what's great is it's, it's broken up. Like, the white box is the smells. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they have the sonar for different things as well. Yeah, that was white. Yeah, that one for least to our smells, but you also got. But it shows the the heightened um, hearing, but it's like the words are in the boxes yeah. where it just highlights the smells, like for those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean he he and like uh, the smell yeah, from there. It's just uh, it's a very interesting how they 
two different artists give you kind of the same kind of feel to go along with Mark Waid's mm-hmm. writing this. Careful there, buddy. Paul's karate chopping glasses he's now. He's so into... Well, because he's checking off this, checking out this woman's butt with sonar. He is. But he's smelling this woman's hair. Mm-hmm. He's like the ultimate stalker. <laughs> yeah. um, like I said, just a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know this was going to be like two stories in one issue. And I'm really glad it is. Because you have a Daredevil story, but then you have a Matt Murdock story. Mm-hmm. And... It works well, especially like this part right here where you have him just pick up a violin and he's in the subway and he just, he just learns how to play it. Mm-hmm. it, it it's a fun book. Um, really enjoyed it. Kudos, Mark Wade. Yeah. Yes. It's a great introduction to the character. If you've never read Daredevil, they let you know, I think almost a little too much about the whole background and what who this character is because they have the introduction page and then they kind of go over it again in the story. And I just and like it's it. all explained again. It is a number one. Yeah. They really like thrill it into you exactly what this guy's powers are and who he is. But you know what? There's probably those moments where you have that father going in and buying it for his kid and it's yeah. a number one. So right. A lot of times like I gave I gave a bunch of my action figures to a friend of mine who has a, a small kid, mm-hmm. and the kid's like, "What does he do?" And dad's like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not, now, like when I give him kids, I'm like, "All right, so this guy, you know, he's got this flaming skull. He's the spirit of vengeance. He rides a motorcycle. He takes out bad guys." Oh, mm-hmm. okay, I can remember that to tell my kid. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? It's it's a number one, so you got to have those moments. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely a great number one to pull you in to continue reading. Mm-hmm. Like Chris, ordered two and three. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Want to do uh, another reintroduction to a character? Yeah, let's do another one. Steve I'll, let you, I'll let you take that uh, one. We got Ed, Ed Brubaker and Steve McNiven's Captain America number one. Um, first story of Captain America, or Steve Rogers putting back on the Captain America mm-hmm. suit. Um, a great thing that Ed Brubaker does is tying in Captain America's past with his present. Mm-hmm. And um, you got that with them going into a funeral for Peggy. For, for Peggy uh, Carter. 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 Thank you. Who we saw in the movie. Who we she saw in the movie. And um, reuniting Dum uh, um, Dum Dugan and Nick Fury. And one of the biggest standout things is... Steve McNiffin's art. Yeah. He just is just a fantastic artist. And like Chris and I were talking one night, just every face is different. And they have that wet, like Nick Fury's got that weathered look. Mm-hmm. Dum Dum Dugan's got it, but it's completely different. You know? And the the faces alone and the, and the action that's shown in just in a standalone, just a page, mm-hmm. just really, really moving. And it, really makes it even more of a solid book. Um, Within uh, a story, I will agree that every character is designed differently, but there's a lot of times I where I look at this and I'm like, oh my, I've seen that Steve McNiven posed face before. You know, I can that, see, I can that see one, that. that's a Reed Richards face yeah. on, you know, that Steve Rogers is doing. Yeah. There are moments, there are panels where I'm like, you know, because I've read a lot and looked at a lot Steve McNiven art. Yeah, that's so. A, those there are facial expressions that I'm like, oh, I've seen that on other people before. But 
It isn't as bad as the Greg Lance. Oh, I was, I was about to say, but you know what? It's a facial expression, yeah. at least. Like, it's, yeah. But it's similar. It's even the, ang- the same angled face with the shoulders crouched down. Like, But I will forgive it that because within the story, I'm never confused to who is who. Yeah. But if I was, took this panel out and then... Like cut it out. Oh yeah, you could you could line yeah. it up for with several. But I mean, you have no, this... no. I was saying if I cut them out and then chamble a bunch of Steve McNiven comics, you know, all on a table, I wouldn't be able to pick out which panel came from which book. Not so much lining them up and uh, I got you. Um, but yeah, you got great moments. Like even this has got that seventies kind of look that that yeah. Nick Fury and Agent of Shield really, mm-hmm. you know, hit. But um, yeah, you have. Uh, an unknown assailant at the beginning um, try to take out Dum Dum, and it turns out to be one of their former allies. You and mean Jim? Yeah, I don't know how to say the guy's name. <laughs> we live in Buffalo. We should know how to pronounce. It, it shouldn't names. be that hard. <laughs> None of us are Polish, so I'm Polish. What? Yeah. When did that happen? Um, years ago. Oh, you never told me. I feel like I've I said never seen you eat a pierogi. Oh, I love pierogi. We have pierogies in the freezer. Never seen you eat a pierogi. <laughs> well, I do. I've eaten them with them. They're delicious. Well, you're more of a friend to him. Apparently, <laughs> I'm not his friend. I don't know. Steve McKibben, he draws a great page. And it's actually this like I love double it. page kind of back over here where you have Captain America throwing his shield that I just actually stopped reading it and just like looked at it and I was like, God damn, he's good. I think he's doing a lot more inventive things with page layouts in this book than I've seen before. Uh, like this double page spread, which isn't a double page, you know, it isn't a double splash page, but it is a double page spread, uh, is one of those moments. And then even in the beginning of the book, how he's angling a lot of the, um, like you said, the 70s motif style, and everything's at an angle on this one. Yeah. Um, just to give things almost the coffin look, because the coffin's at an angle. Yeah. I'm thinking that's what he's going for, or just for interest. Just, yeah, I mean, we all saw him mm-hmm. at a convention, um, at an artist duel, mm-hmm. and the guy just can 32 skidoo like, yeah. art. Like, he What's drew and he colored, and you had this awesome mm-hmm. um, Two Face. Mm-hmm. You know, he just really has a great, amazing art style and just how he cuts up and, and lays out a page is amazing and it's great to have him on your book because you know you're going to have an amazing looking book can um, I get to the story real quick yeah because uh, I was just going to say we really should talk about the story I do enjoy it. I do have one question since you're the bigger Captain America fan maybe you know um, so Peggy Carter died of old age Dum Dum Dugan he's still pretty spry <laughs> yeah still out there is there, like, did he take... And I Nick think, Fury, like, Nick Fury, I think, has the Infinity Serum or something, like a lower version of the Captain America Serum. Um, I, think, just lets him I think actually longer. Peggy had cancer. I think that's what she died of. But she was just a spry? Possibly. Then that's really weird that Cap was hooking up with her great niece. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. I don't know. This, weird. That, that's what I'm missing here in this first issue. I'm like, wait, I just saw Captain America, the movie. 
Dum Dum Dugan was fighting alongside of him. Why is he old? And th- there's really no mention of that. Um, and also this this is a whole new villain, right? Like this yes, guy yeah. hasn't been around. Baron Zemo, though, old villain. Yes, <laughs> which you don't often see in comic books anymore. So, <laughs> I believe this is actually Baron Zemo's uh, son now, though, in the role. Uh, yeah. Because what kind of Baron Zemo would he be if you weren't interested in destroying Captain America? Yes. So, titular line. <laughs> I, don't know, I I really enjoyed this. I'm like, I did. I hope it's something that John continues to order because I would like to read him. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've been keeping up on it. Good. Yeah, I'm going to pick it up for the Steve McNiven art almost alone, but I am enjoying. I did enjoy Brew Baker's run on it. Last time he started with Captain America number yeah. one, so up until twenty five. So I, I'm looking forward to this, or at least the next 24. 24 issues. <laughs> if we want to talk about confused story, um, let's talk about Jonathan Hickman in Red Wing because uh, time travel, but unlike his other time travel work, which was Pax Romana, this is about basically X-wing fighters, jet fighters uh, that are in. Traveling warp plane time machines. Yes. And there's a, a war that's being fought across time. time. We don't know why or against two really. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how we were kind of thrown into it with Sigil, number one. Yeah. A little bit where, oh, there's a t- war being fought across time. Um, their technology apparently is better than theirs, except we know the. we They might be technically better, but we know the. We philosophy know. <laughs> a bit more, so that's where we're going to beat them. On the yeah, philosophical ground. Yeah, I was unsure a little bit about that, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, you ha- you it's two kids coming for tra- in, to training, coming into training to do this, and you get a glimpse of their fathers fighting, and now it's come to these sons who've grown mm-hmm. up and gone to. Uh, like flight school, almost. flight school, yeah, almost like flight school, but also it also seems like college. Like mm-hmm. they've had, they have to take all these college classes to understand mm-hmm. how to travel in time. Yeah, because you're not just flying a plane; you're also going through different time periods, mm-hmm. and basically, it's all hinging on this time shield that's yeah. protecting your ship. And we learn uh, in the course of the story that it's actually, it seems like it's going to be a double layered story where as we're learning about these kids we're also learning about the one father that has become lost in time that his shield failed and he was sent tumbling through time uh and normally what would happen if your shield fails is you would automatically be aged to the time you know from all the time jumping that he have done and uh this one does not and he lands in uh mesoamerica it looks like. Yeah. There's like Mayan pyramids there. And or Aztecs. I was thinking that he would be, you know, be able to go to the lo- local store and buy some copper wire and fix his... Yeah, he, he thought he was only like 10 years away oh, from where yeah. he was. Well, 100 years either way. Oh, 100. But he was thinking it was 2050 from wire he last jump. So he'd be there 1950 or 202150. Either or. Seems... Copper wire should be easy to come back. Yeah. yeah. Not Mesoamerica. Um, definitely interesting story. I probably won't pick up any more. Hmm. Um, but if I heard like really great things of the trade, 
yeah. I might pick up the trade mm-hmm. to see how it finishes off. Um, I'm pretty much more interested in the father lost in time yeah. than the son, which I kind of hope maybe the son's just that piece that is to bring all the whole story together and you had to throw it into the first issue mm-hmm. and not just a dual story like you're flipping through between both of them. Um, art's very interesting. They got an interesting look for the future. I, mm-hmm. It's good. I, you know, I, I think... It, yeah, it's... Book didn't grab me, honestly. Yeah. Cool ideas, but It's yeah. a good idea. I can see where some people would be interested by it mm-hmm. and like it, but for me, it just didn't do anything. And Paul, you're a huge Hickman fan. Where does this book lie with you? This is a Hickman first issue. This is, like, shield number one. Cool ideas, cool concepts. Uh, shield number one, like, had more weight to it because I was already in the Marvel Universe. I know what they're talking about. This one, it's a little more like the Pax Romana cool concept, do I really get to see it all and see where it's going in the first issue alone? No, but I'm probably going to keep on reading because I know he will pay it off. I, I respect that uh, that we'll be getting something really cool. Uh, and I will be jealous that you just pick it up and trade and save the four bucks, but I'm too much of a Hickman fan right now to wait that long. I mean, I th- like this one panel, like it is, yeah. it is good art, it's 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 nothing that grabbed me. I think it it fits it fits the story very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think the fighters jet things look that cool. No. They're so boxy. They're very boxy. They're not. It doesn't look cool. But then they showed the ring, the Hela ring. That looks cool to me. That's a cool idea to have like a space station that is a complete ring around the Earth. You know, there's some cool ideas. You know, the whole... Sp- they, they say, oh, time is in linear. It's more shaped like this, but he doesn't really go into... Yeah, he doesn't say anything about what it. what the hell that means. <laughs> it's basically like a disc shape. Yeah. But it doesn't say anything about, like, mm-hmm. how they know that or why they feel it's like that yeah. or how that has any sort of impact on what they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's just the disc shape apparently breaks away the... Uh, the whole paradox thing of maybe you showing up within your own timeline if it's this shape. I don't know. They don't really get into it. But um, the one thing that I did think would be kind of cool about this is if they're showing his father going through time and everything he's doing kind of sets them up to be in this world. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't get that from issue one. I don't think that's where they're going with it either. No, I, like, I think it'd be fun, but mm-hmm. it, I, yeah, that's it's not cool going idea. to. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like Hickman, so um, it, it, it's not a bad story. It's just not totally for me, yeah. And it's not just didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't finish this book and go, I can't wait for number right. two, like Captain America and, and mm-hmm. Daredevil did. Hickman would have to do so, all sorts of wrong for me to be like, nope, I'm picking up the next one, yeah. because his first issues kind of read like this. When you're not reading something, when he's developing his own work, like Pax Romana, it's yeah. kind of like not sure. Uh, this, and then you hear good things. I'll tell you, John. I'll tell you what the, if it's a trade worthy or not. It's yeah, or you can issues. just let me borrow your issues. There we go. <laughs> Sounds good. You let me borrow your first one. It's only four issues. Did you buy it? Yes. I couldn't tell you you could have had mine. It's okay. 
Do you want two? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get one signed and the other one I won't get something. Ooh. But, um... Yeah, that's that's our comics. That's, that's comics. Not only that, that's our podcast. A lot happening right podcast. there. Yeah. That's going to wrap us up for this week, so make sure you tune in next week when we're going to be saying goodbye to the DC Universe as we know it. September, new uh, status quo is coming in, so we're going to take a look at some of our favorite stories that won't be around, some of the ones that we're going to miss, uh, stuff that wasn't completely played out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be sad. I'm bringing my tissues. And then we have Cowboys and Aliens as our movie fix. And until then, follow us over at the, the Facebook like us on Facebook. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Yeah, both at Bagged and Board. Just Bagged and Board. Bagged and Board. And you can check our uh, website, baggedandboard.com. And comment things. You know, we do the summer movie bro- movie blockbuster bracket buster over there. We, we do cool it there. Events. We have our comic book draft teams up there. We're online. We're completely online. You want to know which books we're picking up in September for the DCU end launch? DCNU launch? It's all there. It's all there. And make sure we you rate draft. Make sure you rate and review us over on iTunes. Paul, Paul said that nobody does. Yeah, I'm holding our old episodes hostage. And if you have a beer you would like us to try, send the name of that. Yeah, email it. Yeah. Contact at magnumboardcast.com. Pow.